Welcome to the audio podcast of Pastor Jerry Loudermilk. We're glad you stopped by today. Be blessed as you receive from God's Word. 2 Kings chapter 8, I'm sorry, chapter 6, verse 8. Starting uh, there at verse 8, reading down through verse 18, New King James Version. Now the king of Syria was making war against Israel. And he consulted with his servants, saying, My camp will be in such and such place. And the man of God sent to the king of Israel, saying, Beware that you do not pass this place, for the Syrians are coming down there. Then the king of Israel sent someone to the place of which the man of God had told him, and thus warned him, and he was watchful there. Not just once or twice. In other words, he kept, he kept watch. Verse 11, therefore, the heart of the king of Syria was greatly troubled by this thing, and he called his servants and said to them, will you not show me which of us is for the king of Israel? And one of his servants said, none, my lord, O king. But Elisha, the prophet who is in Israel, tells the king of Israel the words that you speak in your bedchamber. What I want you to hear right there is God God reveals secrets. Amen? So he said, go and see where he is that I may send and get him. Speaking of Elisha. And it was told him, saying, surely he is at Dothan. That's not Alabama. (laughs) This was the name of a town there in in Israel. He's at Dothan. Therefore he sent horses and chariots and a great army there, and they came by night and surrounded the city. And when the servant of the man of God rose up early and went out there, there was an army surrounding the city with horses and chariots. And the servant said to him, Alas, my master, what shall we do? So he answered, Do not fear, for those who are with us are more than those who are with them or those who are against us. And Elisha prayed and said, Lord, I pray, open his eyes that he may see. And the Lord opened the eyes of the young man, and he saw. And behold, the mountain was full of horses and chariots of fire all around Elisha. And so when the Syrians came down to him, Elisha prayed and to the Lord and said, Strike this people, I pray, with blindness. And he, speaking of God, struck them with blindness according to the word of Elisha. Heavenly Father, I pray for your anointing on this word that I bring forth this morning. And I just ask you for your help in the remainder of this service. And I pray, God, that you would speak to hearts. I pray that you would open our understanding. I pray, God, that you would open our spiritual eyes, God, that we would not depend so much on what we can see, but depend on what you would reveal by your Spirit. And we ask these things in the name of Jesus Christ, the name above all names. Amen. You may be seated. Now, I want to back up and just uh, mention a couple things. The king of Syria was making war with Israel Every time he said anything, it seemed, evidently, the word was, was being told to the king of Israel and the king of Syria was, uh, he, he thought there was a traitor in the midst. He thought someone was telling the king of Israel what he had been saying in private because he always, Israel, the king of Israel, was always one step ahead of the king of Syria. 
How many of you, before I go on, how many of you would like a relationship with God like that where he told secrets and you knew what was coming before? I, I do believe that to some extent we can have that. I don't know that all of us are called to be prophets like this, and I'm not sure that God will show us like that everything that's going on. But I do believe that this is a work of the Holy Spirit, and God desires that we know that we know things ahead of time. The Word talks about, and I've mentioned this many times, but the sons of Issachar were wise, and they knew what the days were about. They, they understood. We need the wisdom of God. We need discernment of spirits. We need vision to see past what our natural eyes can see, and that's what I'm preaching about this morning. And so... The word came to the king of Syria that there's a prophet in Israel, and his name is Elisha, and he is a, a man who hears from God and then goes, tell, and goes and tells the king what he hears, and evidently he's hearing what's happening in your bedchamber. In other words, God speaking to him what um, is being revealed in private. And the king was upset, and, and here, here's what he said, go and find him, see where he is, that I may send and get him. I want us to understand, though, that Elisha, the prophet, who was in Israel, was not just, I would guess, I would venture to say that he probably wasn't taken by surprise that the king of Syria was coming. Because he'd already been seeing what God had shown him. And his eyes were opened so that he saw, even after the army had gathered around the whole city of Dothan, there was a, a mass army of the Syrians, and they were, they were gathered around Dothan. They were... Those who were in the city of Dothan probably were feared, were fearful, just as the servant of Elisha was fearful. But as, as Elisha looked out, I don't sense any fear in what he's saying because he sees something in the spirit realm that was not being seen in the natural. And he asked the Lord to open the eyes of his servant so that he might see. And as the word tells us, God opened the eyes of this young man and he began to see that all around Elisha, there were angels and horses and chariots of fire. I, I'm reminded of a, of a scripture that tells us the angel of the Lord is encamped about them who, who fear him. I don't know if you know that or not, but you have angels around you. There was a song back in the 90s that said, angels watching over me. I don't know if you remember it or not. I think it was Amy Grant that had it out. Angels watching over me every step I take. It talks about a, a reckless car running out of gas before it came away. It talks about all these things. But I want you to understand it's, it's more powerful than we can imagine that God has his eye on us and he has his angel, the angel of the Lord, the spirit of God really is what angel means. The spirit of the Lord around us so that, so that we, are, we are not just fair game for the devil if we will stay in the protection of the almighty God. Amen? Now, I do understand that we're going to have trials, we're going to have struggles, we're going to have temptations, we're going to have difficulties, we're going to have hardships, we're going to face things that we don't know what we're going to do, we don't see the end from the beginning like God, sometimes God will give us clues to the future, but we do have hardships, but in all these things, we need to remember that it's not what these eyes see that tell the whole story, it's what God has revealed in his word and by his spirit, because the spiritual eye is what we need to be looking with, not the natural eye. Now, I've got a lot of notes this morning that I want to, that I don't want to forget. There's some things I don't want to forget, but I'm still just kind of building this story for you. And Elisha, 
evidently saw all these angels and all these chariots of fire. But the young man, his servant, didn't. So verse 16, so he answered, do not fear. For those who are with us are more than those who are with them. <laughs> Tell yourself that right now. I, I want us to understand the devil's a liar. The devil's a deceiver. He tries to tell us we're, we're in trouble. We're not going to be able to make it. I don't know what we're going to do. He tells us all those things. He tells us those things when loved ones pass away. He tells us those things when, when different things transpire in our lives. We, he tells us those things when we're going through struggles and trials. But I want you to know that God is on our side. God is on your side. And you can depend on him even if it don't look like you want it to look. Amen. Amen. Even when I can't see what God is doing, God is doing something. So he says, don't fear for those who are with us are more than those who are with them. And Elisha prayed and said, Lord, I pray open his eyes that he might see. And the Lord opened the eyes of the young man and he saw and behold, the mountain was full of horses and chariots of fire all around Elisha. And so when the Syrians came down, Elisha prayed to the Lord and said, Strike this people, I pray, with blindness. And he struck them with blindness according to the word of Elisha. There's something here I want you to see. And the man of God asked the Lord to open the eyes of his servants, and he asked the Lord to blind the eyes of his enemies. That's powerful. And I want you to get something from this story that we hear from the Old Testament. This is not just a story. This is real. This is, a, this is a recorded fact in the Word of God. And, and I want you to get what was happening here because I think that this, this is powerful in our spiritual warfare. And I, I know that we don't talk a lot about spiritual warfare, but spiritual warfare is real, and it's raging around us all the time. We're fighting battles day and night. There's a war going on. There's a war for the souls of our, of our loved ones, our children, our friends, our family. There's a war going on, but it's also, there's also a war that we face. There's a war that we're facing to, to hold on to faith because the devil's trying to tear at our faith. He's trying to strip us away from, from our, our hope in God. Even if he can't get your faith, maybe he can take your hope. And without hope, faith doesn't seem to be as strong. I want us to understand that the devil is a liar. And he's as a roaring lion, seeking whom he may devour. But we serve the lion of the tribe of Judah, Jesus Christ, and he's more powerful. And we need to get God's perspective. God's perspective is what really counts. And the prophet here asks God for two things. He asks that God give sight to his servant. And he asks that God blinds the enemy. That's very important because when we're facing battles, we ourselves need to see what God is revealing by his spirit. And I believe with all my heart, according to Amos, not in my notes, but Amos chapter 3, verse 3, that God doesn't do anything except that he first reveals it to his servants, the prophets. That's what the word says. Now, I know that we're not all prophets as far as the office of prophet goes. But we all have been, have been given access to the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit is God. 
And I want you to understand that if we have access to God, we shouldn't be, we shouldn't be overwhelmed when things come our way. We should be asking God, give me spiritual vision. Help me to see. Help me to navigate. Help me to know what's ahead of me. Help me to, to know what path to take. Help me to see what you see, God, so that I won't be fearful of what I'm seeing with my natural eye. And then I believe that we also, just as Elisha did here, we also, at times, need to pray that the enemy would be blinded. That's a little bit different. But sometimes we need to come against the forces of evil that are trying to deceive and destroy, or the voices in our ears that are trying to discourage, and we just need to maybe not, maybe not say it where, where somebody would take offense that, you're, that they think you're calling them down. Now, Jesus told Peter, get behind me, Satan. But you might not be able to do that to your wife or your husband. You might not be able to do that. It might not go so well. But there are times we need to say, Lord, open their eyes. And there are times that we need to say, Lord, blind the eye of the enemy that's trying to see what I'm doing because you have given me a path. You have given me a future. And if you are for me, nobody can be against me. If God be for us, who can be against us? That's his word. So we need to take the authority that we've been given in God. And we need to, we need to, to strike the enemy with blindness. I believe that God can keep things from the devil. That's an odd thing to think about, I guess. But in the Word of God, there is a precedence for that. The Word of God tells us that if the rulers of this world had known, they would not have crucified Jesus. If, if they had known that his death would bring about his resurrection and that his resurrection would bring about our eternal life, the devil and all his forces would have stopped. They would not have crucified Jesus, but God hid his plan from the devil, and and in doing so, he brought salvation to the whole world who will believe on Jesus Christ, And, and the devil didn't even see it coming. He knew something was coming because he heard the prophecies of old, but he didn't know what, he didn't know how, he didn't know who, and Jesus caught him off guard. It was an attack by God that was blinding to the devil, and I want you to understand he can do that in your situation, do that in my situation. So let me, let me kind of come down now and tell you some things that I've got to share. There's so much more to life than what meets the eye. So much more to our Christian walk. So much more to our spiritual warfare than meets the eye. I was thinking about this and I thought about how great a blessing our natural side is. I've never been blind for a long period of time, but I, I have had a couple episodes that I can get the idea what it must have been like. When I was stung by that bee, actually two times, but all those years ago, um, I remember going blind before I passed out. Everything went black, and I could hear everything going on around me, but I couldn't see anything. It was terrifying. It was terrifying. The other instance that I can think of that is along the lines is when, they, when you've been to the doctor and they put something in your eye and you can't really see anything except blur or light that's making everything glare. And... In those situations, you understand what a blessing it is to be able to see. And if you're losing sight, you, you understand what a blessing it is to be able to see. Sister, Sister Williams has been praying for her eyes for a long time, and I pray God heals her eyes. And she told me, she said, I'm, I'm, I'm still praying, and she said, I'll just keep believing, and if he heals them, fine, and if he doesn't, I'll, I'll live the way I am. But she's still asking God in faith, hoping, expecting that God will heal her. Now, I know that there are other things more important to her than that because she wants to see all of her lost family saved. 
And more than anything, that's what we pray. But I do pray that God would, would heal her eyes. She talked about how difficult it is. I want us to understand that our eyes are a great blessing, but we should realize that if we depend too much on our natural eye, it can become a curse. Spiritual blindness is, I'm going to say this, running rampant in the church. We can't see into the spiritual world past the end of our nose, but we can see into the natural world and we can see we have good vision, many of us, and we can see what's happening around us. We can see what's going on, but we can't see spiritually what God is doing. And I I really believe with all my heart that's not God's plan. God wants us to know. He wants us to see. He wants us to have foresight. He wants us to have vision. He, he, wants to, he wants to reveal his plan. The word of God tells us that we should understand, be wise, understand what the will of the Lord is. God wants us to know secrets. God is a revealer of secrets. And this comes through spiritual, spiritual vision. Now, we consider blindness, if we're talking about in the natural, as a curse. Elisha prayed and, and the Lord opened the eyes and gave the young man spiritual sight. And it, that was a blessing to him. But he prayed and the Lord blinded the army of Syria and we would consider that a curse. And when we're considering blessings and curses, you've heard me say before, I, I believe a, a curse is nothing, nothing more really than the absence of the blessing of God. When God blesses, you can't be cursed. And if God withdraws his blessing, then it feels like a curse. And sometimes that's what we would call a curse. But I want us to understand that if we continue to use the the blessing of of our natural eyes, our physical eyes, and we don't use the blessing of our spiritual eyes, we are missing the blessing of God that he wants to reveal to us and we're we're being blinded to the plan of God. And that's what the devil wants us to do. So he gives us all this other stuff to look at. I'm not saying you need to... The Bible says if your eye offends you, pluck it out. I'm not saying that you need to physically do that. But sometimes we need to get some things out from in front of our faces. Amen? That could be the TV. That could be uh, a trip to the beach. (laughs) It could be that you're reading books that, that are not helping you spiritually, maybe not even bad, but they're not helping you spiritually, and you should be in the Word of God. Sometimes we just need to take our body and bring it into subjection to God. Because our eyes will lead us astray. Our natural vision will lead us astray. And what I'm preaching this morning, and what I really want you to get, is that our eyes are deceptive. There's so much more to this world than what we can see. So much more. 2 Corinthians chapter 5, verse 7 says, We walk by faith, not by sight. We quote that often, we talk about it, but really, most of the time, we walk by sight. Can you say amen? We do. We walk by sight. This is what I see. This is what it looks like. Let's navigate this way. But that's not what God chooses for his people. God wants to reveal to us by his spirit the direction that he wants to take us. God wants to reveal to us by his spirit how to get past a trap that the devil is laying before us. God wants to reveal to us by his spirit how we can make restoration with someone who has offended or we have offended. God wants to give us vision. He wants to give us clarity and and understanding through our spiritual eyes, through our sight, 
how we can become strong and mighty Christians, how we can, how we can see into the spirit realm and, and not be so distracted by everything that's going on around us, whether it's politics or it's family life or whatever it is. God is wanting to give us vision that goes beyond what these natural eyes can see. He really is. We walk by faith. Not by sight. What, what is faith? We know what the Word says about faith. Hebrews chapter 11, verse 1. Now, faith is the sub, substance, substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. Listen to the last part of that. Faith is the substance of things hoped for. Faith is the evidence of things not seen. I think we need to, we need to look at something right here. We forget that our... Our, our natural eyes are not really what should be guiding us. And we forget to look at what the Spirit is. With our physical eyes, all we can really see is the natural. All we can see is what's visible. But with our spiritual eyes, we can see what's really there. I believe that most of the things that we deal with as Christians are not what's visible. We wrestle not against flesh and blood, but against right. Principalities, powers, rulers of this world, darkness. We have to understand, we, we cannot see. We may not see the enemy that we're fighting, but there is a real enemy. Sometimes we think the enemy is the person who offended us, or the person who has said something, done something, whatever, that, that, we, that, we, that made us mad or didn't like it. And I want us to understand, it's, it's not that case at all. We need to get past what we're seeing with the natural. We need to see into the spiritual realm. We need to see that they're human just like us, and the devil uses us. Sometimes the devil will use me. Amen. Sometimes the devil will use you. You don't mean to allow that to happen, but we're not always on the top of the spiritual plane from every, every moment, for every moment. And we all, we all at times become vulnerable to the attack of the devil. And if he's attacking us, we can cause others to suffer. We need to understand that. Our enemy is not our brother. Our enemy is not our sister. Our enemy is not the church down the road. Our enemy is not the government. Our enemy is not... The enemy that we fight is the devil. The enemy, the adversary of God is our enemy. And we need to keep our focus on the right thing and keep our faith in Jesus Christ and know that with Him, I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. And this war that I'm fighting is not mine to fight, but I'm just, I am, I'm in the army of God, and my ruler, my leader is Jesus Christ, and he will take me through to the end, and I will be victorious. I will be victorious. Say that with me. I will be victorious. Amen. So that last phrase of Hebrews chapter 11, verse 1, says that faith is the evidence of things not seen. Do you realize, and this is an unusual way to look at this maybe, but do you realize that your faith is evidence of God? Your faith is evidence of the, the miracle-working power of God. Because you were, you were dead in the trespasses of your sins. I'm talking to Christians right now. You were on your way to hell. You were living a lifestyle that brought reproach and shame upon Jesus Christ. And when you believed on Him, your life changed and your faith in Him caused you to come out from among the world and be a separate people. And He took you out of the miry clay and He washed you off and He set you on a rock. And your faith 
is evidence of things not seen. If somebody wants to, to see evidence of God, say, look at me. Look at my life. I'll tell you what I used to be, and here's what I am today. I'm not perfect. I'm a long way from it. He's still working on me. But I'm evidence. My faith is evidence of the unseen. Most of the things that we deal with are invisible, unseen, even supernatural. And if we don't learn to see with our spiritual eyes, we will only see the wrong things and be blinded to what God is doing around us. Satan's trickery is meant to trip us up, but God wants to see, wants us to see what he sees. I believe that. God wants us to see what he sees. Let me give you a little, a little admonition, a little suggestion. Don't live your Christian life as a, a Christian who only sees things in the natural. Now, I know that some of you might, that might scare you a little bit. Some of you might think, well, I know sister so-and-so and all she sees, all she talks about is the demon under that rock or the demon behind that tree or... God told me this, and God told me that, when half the time you know that God didn't tell her anything. I'm just being honest. I'm being real right here. And we've all seen people. We all know people like that. But I want you to understand that there is a real spiritual world, and it's happening right now all around us. Things are happening. There are angels in this place this morning, and there are demons in this place this morning. But greater is he who's in me than he that's in the world. And I need to remember that. And, and by, by saying that, I'm not giving the devil any, any praise. I'm telling you that, that he comes to see what we're up to. He wants to see what you're up to. If you, if you confess faith in God, he's going he's gonna to say, hey, let's see how we can gouge them a little bit, make them lose their faith. But I want you to know that even though there's an army that's focused on you, facing against you, and they've surrounded you perhaps like, like the army of Syria surrounded Dothan, I want you to know that they're more for you than are against you. I want you to know that God is on your side. I want you to know that God has never left us. He will never leave us. He'll never forsake us, but he'll go with us all the way, even till the end of the world. Our God is a good God. Our God is powerful. Our God is mighty. We don't have to fear the devil's devices. But for us to be strong in the Lord and in the power of his might, I think that we need to stop looking at things through the eyes of the flesh and begin to look at things through the eyes of the Spirit. Don't trust your natural eyes. They're deceptive. Trust God's revelation. Trust your faith in God. Trust the Word of God. You can trust this word. You can trust what God says. God's word is true. God has, God has never spoken a lie, and he is not about to start. He's trustworthy. God has never lost a battle, and he's not about to start. You, you might say, well, it looks like he's losing in the earth. I, the only reason it looks like that the Lord is losing in the earth and that the devil is winning is because God is extending the time so, so that as many as will believe on Jesus Christ can come into relationship with Jesus. God's just extending the days so that some might be saved. God is waiting on us, the church, 
to be who he's called us to be, to see things the way he has called us to see them, and to go into the uttermost parts of the world and preach the gospel to every creature and to take the gospel to all the nations. And God is waiting on us to do that because there are thousands and thousands, probably millions upon millions, that are hanging in the balance and they're being lost and they're dying and they're going to hell. And we have the words of eternal life. We have the hope that's found only through Jesus Christ. So God is patient and he waits and he waits. We have the words that they need to hear. We should not be distracted by what's going on around us. We as as the children of God, as sons and daughters of God, should not be, the word says, tossed around by every wind of doctrine. We shouldn't be fearful for the things that are coming upon the world. The word says that men's hearts would fail them in the last days because they were fearful about what was coming upon the world. I don't want to see those things happen, but they're prophesied and they are coming. And I'm not fearful about what's going to happen because I know my God is in control. And as a matter of fact, I don't expect to be here at the worst time because I'm going to be, I believe, around the marriage supper of the Lamb, having dinner with Jesus while this world is feeling the fierce wrath of God. But because I know the fierce wrath of God is coming, I have to tell everybody I can. I see it. I see it coming. I know you do too. We see it coming. The the headlines scream, Jesus is coming, even though that's not what's printed there. The headlines that would talk about the division in our in our nation are screaming that we need a redeemer, we need a savior, we need someone that will bring this whole world back to God. They're screaming that all creation is groaning. We have the answer. And I see it so clearly, and I know you do too. But we get so distracted by the headlines, and we read what they say instead of what what God's Word is saying. We get so distracted by the trouble that I'm facing or what I'm going through. I want you to know you don't have to do that. God's got it. Can you say amen? God's got it. He's in control. He's got this. Our eyes are deceptive. It's hard sometimes to see what God is doing. Sometimes we're, we feel like we're completely in the dark. I don't understand God. I don't know what you're doing. I can't see what you're doing. I don't know how you're going to do this. I don't know how you're going to bring me through. I don't know what you're going to do for my family. I don't know where my next meal is coming from. I don't know how I'm going to pay my bills. Maybe you've been there and you've seen God do it in the past. I'm telling you, he's not stopped doing those same things. He's still doing that today. He is a provider. He's a way maker. He's a miracle worker. Amen? Amen. And God is not about to stop being God not about to stop being God. Don't trust your natural eyes. Don't trust your natural ears for that matter. You know, you've heard heard people say, don't believe anything you hear and only half of what you see. (laughs) As a matter of fact, I don't think we should believe anything that the world tells us. We should just believe what God says. And the Word of God tells us over and over and over to encourage one another. That's a word that comes from God and goes through us and and blesses somebody else. We should give encouragement. We should encourage our brothers and sisters. We should strengthen them. We shouldn't be tearing each other down ever. 
And I know we, we got a, a loving group here, and I know that, and I'm thankful for that. But we should be lifting up one another. We should be praying for one another. And when they're going through something, we need to be there for one another. We're not always the best at that because we get so distracted with our eyes and we see our own situations. We do. But God wants us to see more. He wants to open us, open our eyes, give us spiritual vision to show us truth, to show us holiness, to show us righteousness, to show us compassion, to show us empathy, to show us all these things. He wants to open our eyes so that we might see. He wants, I believe with all my heart, to give us a, a vision of the future. Jeremiah 20, 29, 11. I know the plans that I have for you, says the Lord. Plans to give you a future and a hope. And God sees all these things. And all we can see is what's around us. And so we, we miss it because we're looking with our natural eyes. But God wants to show us. He wants to reveal the real world to us. This is not the real world. We think this is the real world because this is where we live. But we were, we, we were born into this world. We were born into this, this existence only to meet and encounter God and to help others meet and encounter God. But the real world is a spiritual world. You might think you're, you're a physical body and you have a spirit, you have a soul, I beg to differ. You are a spirit being. You're not a physical. See, this is where the where the, the vision of the world and the vision of God's word separates. The world sees, and in the church, we've come to accept too much of, of the world's way of seeing things. The world sees us as creatures, as just animals, as pieces of meat and bone. And I want you to understand, we are meat and bone like the animals, but we're something different because God breathed his own breath into mankind and we became a living soul. We are of the spirit world. We're not angels. We, we were created a little lower than the angels, but we are being exalted in heavenly places with Christ Jesus. I want us to understand, we are not just just animals. We're not just man. We're not just the same. And that's why the world believes in abortion and the world believes all these different things that that the church doesn't stand for but we have to understand we have a completely different vision we need to see things from God's perspective in the grand scheme of things according to the word of God we are the sons and the daughters we are the offspring of God the holy one of creation breathed life into us and we became living souls I could shout right there to as many as believed him to them he gave the power to become the sons of God, even to them who believe upon his name. I've believed on him. I'm not just of this world anymore. I'm not just a son of Adam, a daughter of Eve. It's not who you are. I'm a son of Jesus Christ. You're daughters, sons of Jesus Christ. Thanks for listening. If you enjoyed today's word, please go to AbundantLifeTabernacle.com or subscribe on iTunes.